On February 24, 2023, the University of Montana's Aber Hall flooded after a broken sprinkler pipe burst on the top floor. The first six floors are offices. Students live on the rest of the 11 floors. All of the floors were damaged by water. Students had to be evacuated without grabbing many of their belongings. UM rushed to house them in other dorms and hotel rooms. After a week, most students were allowed to return. Some opted to leave Aber, and UM helped them find alternatives. In all, more than 100 students were internally displaced, and unless they bought insurance, the university won't reimburse them for damaged property. A former facilities and maintenance manager told the Kaimancast the infrastructure breakdown was not at all a surprise, especially given the rush job to get Aber ready for students to move in last fall. This is your Kaiman cast for the week of April 10th. I'm Melissa Tompkins. Carissa Cohen worked with UM Facilities Service from 2020 to late 2022. She was the Associate Director of Facilities and Custodial Operations for Housing. That means that she was in charge of the day-to-day workload for custodians and housing maintenance staff. Yeah, so regular facilities maintenance from the university is a whole different department, but for the University of Housing, the way the maintenance um, is set up is that there are generally like two sides to our facilities department. There's the custodial and the, and the uh, maintenance side. Maintenance is going to be like plumbers, electricians, um, grounds crew, painters, and carpenters are the five, I believe, that we have over there. And then other than that, um, we have our custodial crew, which deals with um, cleaning of halls, stuff like that. I'm going to throw some numbers at you. There are eight residence halls here on campus. UM Maintenance also oversees apartments in the university villages, which include more than 12 buildings in just the Lewis and Clark villages alone. These buildings are apartments, a recreation center, and an office building. The housing office is responsible for the maintenance of all of these buildings. On the University of Montana's employment page, there are more than 15 job openings across all of facilities maintenance. Like a lot of departments at UM, facilities maintenance is suffering from understaffing. Um, a lot of the buildings are neglected, and, it, and it's, not, it's not by the fault of the employees. It's not by the fault of the custodians and the facilities guys. They're doing what they can with what they have. Cohen says that Aber Hall has been among the neglected. Cohen says that she wasn't surprised to hear about the flooding. Students moved out of Aber in 2020. The idea was to make the building, built in 1967, into offices. Then UM decided to reopen the top floors as dorms in reaction to Missoula's historic housing crunch. This meant rushing to get it ready for students again. Aber was a pushed project. We got the release to use the top five floors for Aber in June. And that only gave us two months to then re, completely redo the inside and reestablish um, internet connections, electricity, I mean, everything. We're talking plumbing connections were cut off. We're talking the whole top five floors were unusable. According to Cohen, it was a quick turnaround to make Aver livable again. Custodians had to clean every room and maintenance had to ensure that the building was up to code. And it only gave us two months to get that not even because students come in halfway through August. Um, it did not give us a, very much time to get, I mean, you're looking at trying to set up oddity locks on hundreds of doors. 
while also those, you know, those facilities guys are also trying to manage seven other buildings on top of this, plus the hundreds of apartments down south. And she says it wasn't complete when students moved in. For example, they were still working on getting all the rooms connected to the internet. It was working, but the way they had it working is it was connected outside a window from one window to the other. And it was like they had to get it refixed or something or something. Something had to be done with that. Um, And then the fire system had to be put in. It was put in, I think, prior to students moving in, but there was a moment there where we were worried we weren't going to have a fire system when students moved in. Cohen explains jobs get done on a priority system. For example, building one needs furniture, but building two needs all of its fire alarms checked before move-in day. Both of these issues are important, but fire safety would be a bigger priority, so the alarms were the first project to be tackled. Although Cohen said she saw some type of larger-scale issues coming, the university disagrees. The Kaimancast reached out to housing facilities and maintenance, but received no comments upon requests. UM Director of Strategic Communications, Dave Kuntz, says that the flooding was caused by a frozen pipe, which then burst. His take is that the flood was not something that UM could predict. This was a flood that certainly wasn't preventable. Um, For those who remember, at the end of February, we got a pretty significant three-day cold snap where the wind chill is estimated at the top of Aber Hall was a sustained likely negative 39 degrees. And with the wind penetrating those top panels of the building, that pipe was exposed for multiple days to those negative wind chills. Um, you know, the university spent significant money in the millions in recent years upgrading a lot of the pipes in that building, um, specifically where the students in those top floors where they reside. And so this was an incident that um, was awful. It was really disruptive to students. It's something we hope will never happen again. But in terms of it being something that we could have prevented, um, it just wasn't the case. If we could have prevented it, we would have. Kuntz adds that Aber Hall is not a neglected building on campus. In fact, he says it's the opposite. Aber is a building that's received significant attention in the past couple of years. Um, you know, the university, as I just recently said, has spent millions of dollars during the transition to bring those bottom six floors, um, transition them to office space. But during that, you know, replaced a lot of the piping in those student rooms, you know, replaced carpets, uh, made some significant changes to those top floors in addition to making the bottom six floors uh, office space. 20-year-old Aber Hall resident Kennedy Clark from Helena, Montana, remembers the moments leading up to the flood. I had just gotten back from a class. Um, I was like literally making my lunch, like put my food in the microwave and the fire alarm went off and I was like, that's annoying. Um, So I like stopped the microwave, went out into the hallway. Everyone was like, oh, I hope this is a drill. And I lived on the 10th floor. So we went all the way down the stairwell and we got out and there was like a huge amount of water raining down. They were like, watch out for that. And we were like, oh, it's very weird. Like I thought this was a fire drill. Um, And we, like, looked up, and there was just, like, a fountain of water pouring out of the side of the building. The hours following the flood were filled with anxiety for students like Clark. The sophomore majoring in English with a focus on library studies says that the university wasn't exactly quick with its communications. That includes where they were going to sleep that night. The area coordinator and everything was, like, walking around the front of the building, and... um, I like went up to him and I was like, hey, like, do you know what's going on? And he was like, no, like, we can't give you guys any information, um, but like, we'll send out an email as soon as we know. 
and we didn't get the email, I don't think, until 7 or 8 that night. <laughs> so it was like, like I had been at work and then like wasn't sure if I knew where I was going to be staying when I got out because they'd let us know that we wouldn't be staying in Aber, but didn't tell us where we would be going. See, they gave us like a gray like hospital blanket and like a one white pillow. <laughs> and we're like, here you go. It was like in a garbage bag. Her stuff got wet and some of it moldy, but she never had to replace any of her own personal belongings. She says that was lucky because she did not have the optional housing insurance that UM requires to cover the damage. But to Clark, Aber Hall hasn't felt like home since the flooding. But it's been interesting. Like all of the floors on the top levels are uh, like construction paper, <laughs> which is like, you know, not to be a negative Nelly. It's kind of insane. Like it's like just big pieces of paper taped together. And now they've been there since whenever the flood happened. So there's like vis- footprints all over them and stuff. They're like pretty dirty. And uh, like all of the baseboards are removed. So it's just like glue and like weird. Inside her room, things were also off. On my side of the hall, there was like water raining out of the ceiling. So they had us put all of our belongings like on our beds, um, like off of the floor. So it looked kind of insane, like when we went to move back in because everything was stacked up and like, uh, the like construction people had like left garbage in our room and there was like an outlet cover that had been knocked off underneath like my bed that caused the power to short out a couple days later, which was not super fun. <laughs> Clark says that she doesn't really care what caused the flooding. She's just frustrated with how it was handled. I don't want to like thumbs down the university, you know, but definitely in situations like that, it was like, I think in general more could have been done as far as like communication after the flood. Um, and like <laughs> the water was pouring for such a, an extended period of time where like, it seems like you could turn the water off before then. Like I'm sure, cause I also heard the entire basement and the bottom floors of Aber were like really really flooded like when you walk into the lobby of Aber now there's a giant like hole in the ceiling where there was like apparently just like a <laughs> a steady stream of water pouring out um and it's it was I think like the first day it was sunny after like a really long period of being really cold um so, like, all of the water that was hitting the ground outside of Aber was freezing right away. So, like, there were people slipping and falling, like, trying to walk away from the building. Um, and it was just, like, it seems to me that even if there wasn't a way to stop it, like, from happening initially, there could have been more done after the fact to, like, minimize the amount of damage done. Because it seems like there was a huge amount. Cohen, the former associate director, believes the flood was preventable given the right support and staffing and a different set of priorities. And other dorms also need attention. Um, honestly, I think they just need to take a hard look at what buildings they are putting their projects into. Um, there were some, take the renovation of Knowles. Uh, Knowles was built in 60-something, I want to say. Um, you know, a building that is obviously older, or 70s, it was built in the 70s, I think, um, is obviously older, needs renovations and help, but they had buildings that needed renovations sooner than Knowles did. 
they're the thing is is like they renovate they're renovating and putting projects on these newer buildings to get them to look better when they're older buildings like Jesse Aber. I mean, you're looking Elrod is a historical building and it has some major issues that are, you know, going through and you know, Craig and Dunaway are also you know, older buildings that are falling apart and they're focusing on the wrong things. They're not listening to their custodians and facility staff when they say different buildings need more of the focus than these newer ones. In other news, the brave new world of artificial intelligence chatbots at UM. In sports, here a recap of the Grizz football spring game. And finally in arts, UM Play Men in Boats features all-woman cast. For more information about any of these topics and many others, pick up a copy of the Montana Kaiman this upcoming Thursday, or head to our website at www.montanakaiman.com. Want some more Kaiman cast-based content? Tune in on Tuesdays to the Kai Mix, a playlist made by UM students for UM students, based on the Kaiman cast episode topic. For this week's Kaiman Cast, I'm Alyssa Tompkins. We'll see y'all next week.